Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. My name is Joe Oberly. I'm with uh, VikingsTerritory.com, senior writer for them, and PurplePTSD.com, and I have an itchy nose, so that's how today starts. And I'm joined by Mark Craig, uh, NFL insider and Vikings writer for the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com, and we've got our coordinated uh, blue on today, so I don't know if that you know, matches our moods or what, but I'll find out. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm all right. I'm still I'm still upright. So that's 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 the main thing. Just got an itchy nose. Must be hay fever season. Anyway, well, last week here on this show we we took a deep dive on the the defense and and uh, which we figure is a pretty pivotal side of the ball for this team this year. And this time we want to change it up and look at the offense. And so, uh, you know, first and foremost, it always it all begins with. Uh, the quarterback position. And in the case of Minnesota, it never ends with Kirk Cousins. The discussion goes on and on, on and on and on and on. So Mark, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, is this his last year in purple? What's, what's your uh, prognostication hat, you know, put that baby on and tell us what, what's going on there. Uh, No, I would say, no, I say I, there's two things that Kirk Cousins is very good at. And one is staying healthy, which we talk about all the time. And by the way, we're talking about offense. So you got to feel a little bit younger, Joe. Uh, maybe they need young people to talk about offense. Uh, but there's one, he stays healthy and he's good at getting new contracts. Uh, he didn't get this, <laughs> you, know, you know, and he kind of bets on himself. And this, this way it was kind of forced upon him to, you know, I, I suppose earn his next contract, his next big contract, which could be his last one. Uh, but no, I, I think that, you know, one reason we talk about him on and on and on is because he is, he's way too good to get rid of. And he's probably not good enough to get overly excited about uh, for some people. Yeah. So he's, he's in that, if when you start looking at what, you know, what's out there, what other teams have granted, you know, there's, there's a handful of teams that have the elite of the elite, but boy, there's a lot of, there's a, there's more teams that have worse quarterbacks than, than teams that have better quarterbacks. And so I think that, I think that he will be, uh, now had they picked had they picked the guy in the first round and they were getting ready to groom him, I'd say no, but I think that that year is going to happen. And then I think Kirk is there, you know, so however it works out, however it shakes out money wise, I don't think Kirk Cousins is in his last year. No. Is is there anything that would cause that to happen that they didn't want to give him a new contract? Or on the other side of that coin, what do you think he has to do with the team this year to to warrant maybe even getting a, a small extension at the end of next year? Well, obviously if he if he, if he gets hurt, you know, if Kirk's hurt, you know, he's not gonna get a new contract. If Kirk is uh you know, plays horribly, you know. He's not going to get a new contract, but I think if he if he wins last year, you know, he had uh, again. It's a, he's he's I, I come by, by being uh, you know try to be unbiased. You have the you come loaded with the ammo for all the people that hate Kirk and the ammo that all the people that love Kirk. Kirk. You sort of jumble them together, and that's where Kirk is. And so to me, it's uh, you know what he what he does is uh, like last year we had the eight drives at you know at the end of games. So. Um, some of that, and and they and they have to win. You know, I think they have, it has to be a successful season. You, I think if you make the playoffs and you know, say you win a game, or whatever, you're not going to be saying, "Well, we're going to start over with," you know, whoever. 
Well, well, you know, to set aside the the Kirk haters and the Kirk stands who are you know as polarized as our politics these days, but shouldn't we be singing his praises after last year? I mean, he answered all those those criticisms for uh, they've had for him since he's been here. You know, he can't win in the primetime games, can't win in the big times, can't make comebacks, can't can't win games. I mean, yeah, he's only a five hundred quarterback. You know, can't make. Uh, late game rallies. He did all of that. I mean, his thirteen and four. His team was he. He uh, made all these comebacks in the fourth quarter. They they had they came from behind. How many times? One score victories. Was it eleven of them? I think. It, I mean, by any stretch of the objective stretch of the imagination. No, no, that doesn't work. By any <laughs> any objective measure, that's pretty damn good. And we should be saying. Extend that guy. He's only what thirty three or something like that. And well, he's he's thirty yeah thirty four. Be thirty five, I think this year. Um, well, then you know, here's where I, you know, the devil's ad. He's a great devil's. You can play devil's advocate with uh, uh, anything to do with Kirk. You can say yeah, but yeah, he might be the best yeah, but quarterback ever on both ends. It's like you know, yeah, Kirk's great. Yeah, but yeah, there's this. Kirk's terrible. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, but. Yeah, but he does this. Uh, in that case, you know, the, the obvious is, uh, you know, they have they they become the number three seed. Kirk does all these great things in the, in the regular season. They get to the they get to the playoffs. Now, granted, you know, the defense made Daniel Jones look like, uh, uh, you know, a Steve Young uh, and Joe Montana all rolled into one and got him. Oh. They got Daniel Jones a great contract uh, on to boot, but Kirk didn't. Yeah, he didn't. You know grab the team and, and raise it and, and, you know, do a lot of things that you see the guys get who get paid an awful lot of money do occasionally or do a lot of. So he didn't do that. He didn't win that playoff game. So that's, that to me is uh, the, could be where this whole, you know, the team is, you know, we can say what we want about, but the team, you know, by not extending him and not to this point extending him, who knows, maybe, maybe they're waiting uh, but they got other people they have to extend, like Justin Jefferson and, and probably Daniel Hunter and stuff. That's so uh, you know there's still a possibility that at some point Kirk does get something an extension, but I don't think it's going to happen. So the team you know, at this point is saying, hey, you know, we we want to take this Kirk Cousins thing and this 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 part of our window of opportunity to the next level. Uh, let's do that, and then you get rewarded for your next reward. So, yeah, you can sing his praises, but there's always that. Uh, just like a couple years ago, a few years ago, when Zimmer, uh, all the pressure was on the defense, and they were like, oh, Zimmer's defense is terrible. It was like, you know, at the end of games, there were so many. I, I found myself writing about it because nobody else was really writing. You know, there was always like what the defense, how the defense collapsed or uh, different angles. of the, And we have a lot of people at the games, the Star Tribune. So I was always writing, yeah, but what about this three and out that came with like three minutes left in the game right before the defense – you know, collapsed, you know, if you just hold the ball there and this quarterback goes three and out, and there were so many times where he'd come off the field so and he'd be like, many times. that's all he's, that's all you got. I mean, but on the, on the other, on the flip side, there's an awful lot of times where he did great things. So yeah, yeah he, he is this guy that's uh, the conundrum is with him is uh, boy, it's right there. Well, if, if they don't extend him, say, you know, they fall on their face this year and, and, uh, uh, do very poorly and he doesn't do anything to warrant uh, a new contract aren't they then 
just putting themselves back another year into it. It's no longer a competitive rebuild. It's a rebuild because if you don't have that position sewed up and knowing what you're doing, you can build all the team around that position you want. But I don't know that in this NFL anymore, you can do a Trent Dilfer and just have a great defense and, and, and a good running game and, and win a Super Bowl. I mean, you're, you're rebuilding if, if, if Kirk is gone after this season. Well, that's that's the that's but that's the argument over and over and over again is is well, you know, well that whenever whenever they came in O'Connell and uh, you know, Quasey and they started over when they made that commitment, you know, we're going to keep Kirk and, and then make it a competitive, you know, rebuild. That's that was the key. But if you do it and it and you know it, it worked, but they didn't, you know, but yeah, they want to win more than thirteen games and get knocked out at home yeah. against a inferior opponent in the playoffs. So if you, you know, that, okay, well, let's, let's come, let's come back with it and try this year. Well, if this year they, they can't get it done, then at some point it's like, then, you know, you're putting money into something that you should just put into something else. And I'm not saying go like the bears went, you know, last year and just went from a, you know, com- you know if there's an opposite to a competitive rebuild approach, it was what the bears did last year, Yeah, you know, trading guys in, in the middle of the season and, um, you know, I like that they did all those things and they kept Fields. I think Fields is going to be a really good quarterback. Um, had they gotten rid of Fields and maybe drafted another quarterback, I would have felt like, wow, you know, that's, you know, what you what you did last year doesn't make sense with with getting rid of the quarterback that you had. And so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't they wouldn't do it to that extreme, but it would be like, hey, you know, we're not going to keep putting money into into this guy and we're going to go younger and and go something like that. You know, in Kirk's behalf, I I I have felt this offseason. I give him credit for his attitude towards not getting extended. You know, they're saying they're kind of putting him on a, a prove it year or whatever you want to call it, even though the guy's a how many year veteran and he's he's shown you who he is and what he can do. Um, I give him credit for that, but then when I look at it, you know, it it's not too bad for him. You know, you got. Nick Mullins behind him, who's not going to take his position. You got, you got uh, Jaron Hall, who they drafted, who's not – at best, he's a bridge quarterback, at least we think right now, until they take time to develop him and maybe he becomes something. So there's no real threat. Kirk can, you know, smile anyway. He's no, he knows there's not someone there trying – that. He, there's so much pressure on him, he's got to prove it because the bar's kind of low behind him. I, I, do you think there's any validity to that opinion? Well – yeah, but that you could also use that as the opposite of that argument that Kirk could be up, could be upset about that because hey you don't have anyone else and you're not That's giving the point no. you're not giving the money to me and you're not grooming a guy for the future of you know the, the, there's no Jordan Love there um, but you know it takes a, a pretty I guess successful quarter I mean a, a hugely successful quarterback and a hugely uh, strong ego I guess like an Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers. Well, I'm not saying he earned the right to whine and piss and moan, <laughs> piss and moan about his contract for and his situation for all those years that he did it, or Brett Favre even. Um, but they were on a different level with them. But um, that's neither here nor there. I agree with Kirk. With you, as I like Kirk's attitude. I like Kirk's attitude that hey, this is this is basically my my career in a nutshell is this one. It's I, he's he been doing this since he was in high school. Right. And he's always come out. He's, he's 
financially, he's always come out on top and uh, it's hard to complain, you know, whenever you're you know, making $35 million and he understands that. And I think uh, I would think that that earns him a little bit of or a lot of respect in the locker room. Cause I don't, I don't sense he's telling us one thing or he's saying he's yeah. acting one way publicly and, and doing something the other way. You know, Kirk is so much about the process. Almost sometimes I think as a, uh, watching him to a fault, you know, like everything is a process process. And I, <clears throat> I thought we saw some of him break out of that a little bit last year. Right. Strangely, it was like his numbers weren't as good, but I thought he played the, the position better than he has uh, since he's been here uh, by taking more, you know, more chances and, uh, trusting his, the people around him a little more. So, you know, that's, that's Kirk. That's kind of Kirk in a nutshell. I, I like that he, he understands the process of, you know, what it takes to get to where he's in a position to, to get an, another deal here. You know, I, I agree with you. I think he did, you know, uh, do things that he hadn't done before and did kind of take a step up in as far as playing the position, I wonder if, you know, that's the thing in the future. You can take that and move forward with it. And if that's the case, that's the Kirk we want. That is the guy that we want who 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 is who knows the position very well. He's cerebral, he's accurate, but he's also all of a sudden developed this at this uh ability to rise above it and make some plays and and where where they might not be, you know, make make some players better, make some plays and win some games. And he did some of that last year at you know, if, 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 if that becomes the new trend for Kirk, I'd sign him to a, a three-year deal. Yeah, and well, then the other, th- here's the flip side of that. You know, That's all you do is flip side. Come on, man. I, I, I'd say there is some, there is some, you know, there could be, you know, we're, we don't, uh, our, our minds haven't wrapped around the possibility that, you know, uh, the, the team may regret not extending him. What, what if he does have a, yeah. This is the first this first time since 2015, 16, I believe, where he's had the same quarterback coach, the same play caller. He clearly was a better player with O'Connell uh, as opposed to Zimmer and all his offensive coordinator, or at least uh, Clint Kubiak. Uh, so what what if he plays lights out and say the 49ers are in a position or, or somebody that he's comfortable with around the league? Yeah. Sean, what if Sean McVay? I, I don't know. I just it's, it's it's NFL seasons are each year surprises so much that when you sit here in May or June and say you know what could be happening in February, well we we feel we always feel like we know what's going to happen, but we even though we we're never right, it's you know so there could be you know hey you'll if we'd only if we'd only signed it back when we had a chance, so because now Kirk may say hey you know what I want to go play here I want to go play there or whatever. That's a great point because, you know, maybe some of that, maybe Kurt's knowledge of the league and what the landscape is out there for his position is in the back of his mind when he's smiling through this disrespect of not getting a contract. Maybe he recognizes that there are options if, if, if he's not signed because, uh, you know, uh, he's got to be looked at, especially after last season as, you know, near your top 10 and quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, you cited to me a uh, ranking of quarterbacks by Chris Sims, and he didn't make the top 14. I mean, I'm sorry, he wasn't in the 14 and down, so he's got to be somewhere in the top 14 uh, of quarterbacks, and uh, at least which last I saw. So so that's a very good point. I mean, you know, maybe that's why he can smile through this and say, yeah, I'm going to be fine, 
no matter what, because, you know, you, you look around the league and uh, a veteran quarterback can help a team if they're not too old. And if he's going 34, 35, he's got some tread left on the tire and, and he's jumped before and come into this. So I, I you know, he might be a very valuable guy on, yeah. on the free agent market. You know, there's a lot of reasons for Kirk to be smiling. One, he's made about half a billion or about a quarter of a billion dollars playing football. Uh, he's not 35. So, uh, and, you know, he, like I said, he's always gambling. He's gambled or whenever he's been put into position, I mean, he played through, he played through two uh, franchise tags and, and the third one, you know, the third time coming out, he, he becomes the first guy to ever, you know, change teams and get a, a multi-year guaranteed contract and then he got two more contracts from the Vikings and now he's in a position where he, he knows that if he plays plays really well or uh, he's looking at a lot of money here or he's looking at a lot of money for from a, a contender so yeah he's handling it the right way and uh, if he you know he plays well and then all the card you know he holds all the cards so, so then what you're saying to me is that he shouldn't feel threatened by the signing of uh, XFL Offensive Player of the Year quarterback Jordan Tamu at the Vikings signed. Was he signed? I thought they, they worked him out. Did they sign oh, him? Oh, maybe out? that's what it was. I, 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 yes, I'm, I'm sorry. My note says they worked him out. He shouldn't be shaking in his boots because the Vikings could bring in this, 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 this stat performer over in the XFL. He shouldn't be worried about that. He should still be smiling. Well, there, I suppose there are times where he shakes in his boots, but it's usually when uh, when a, a nose tackle from Green Bay or Chicago has thrown the center into his lap. Uh, Jerry Clark, yes. All those, all uh, well, the one from yeah, they finally uh, the one Akeem Hicks finally got old enough where he's not in Chicago, so we can he's no longer like you know, taking you know like uh, like Bam Bam used to on the Flintstones, Bam 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 Bam, <laughs> and slamming Garrett all over the place. Sorry, Garrett. He played better last year. Um, wow. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I think Kirk's uh, Kirk's confident uh, that he's uh, he's got he's got a little more uh, firepower than what they have on the roster. Well, that Fl- Flintstone reference just a- uh, aged to their mark, and me looking yeah. at it uh, did the same for me. So Flint- that, what? we could go on and on and on about Kirk. Like I said, it never ends with Kirk, and we'll keep talking about him this off season as the season starts because. Kirk's always worth that. He's always worth some column inches, isn't he, Mark? He's, he's what? He's worth, worth some column inches in the paper, Kirk. He's oh, always- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you always you always know you're you're going down the middle of the road. When uh, uh, I used to say this with uh, people would say, "Ah, you're 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 Barrero," or "Ah, you're you're Sid." You know, you, you were kind of you were like telling both sides of the story, or whatever. Like they'd cite the one they hated the most and the one they liked the most. And but yeah, it's uh. Yeah, he, it's when you have the half half hate you have, you know, depending on what you write, it's uh, before you know you're you're in the middle. So yeah, he's all you gotta do is say the name and uh, and quarterback, and and he's gets everybody excited. Clicks, baby, clicks. So let's uh, let's let's check out here and uh, uh, take a quick break. We're gonna we're gonna go through the rest of the offense positions and and, and look at them, and then. Uh, uh, talk about that come back to vikings territory breakdown okay folks welcome back to vikings territory breakdown and like i said you know kirk goes on and on forever so we just couldn't let it go without one more point to make about kirk uh mark and i were talking about this uh chris sims uh 
son of former uh, Eagles, uh, Giants quarterback, Phil Sims, who is a uh, talking head. I think he's on PFF, but he, he ranked the quarterbacks and uh, uh, a couple questions. Mark, please tell us where he's got him ranked and maybe where, where you'd put him in uh, in a, in a ranking of quarterbacks around the league. I guess I would give Chris Sims a better uh, higher marks for grading quarterbacks than I would being a quarterback. Cause I don't know how you like, how do you determine that uh, uh, like he's got the top 40 that, that Mike white is better than Gardner Minshew 35, 34. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he's got, uh, uh, he has not revealed his top four, but the, t- the guys who were in the top four, not Kirk, uh, it's Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, and uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, Kirk comes in. I don't know if we have a drum. Before, you, before you go there, you know, the t- first three, okay, I'll give him that. Herbert just gets more, I guess, credit than I think he he deserves. I don't know who's behind him to, to supplant him from the top four, but – you know, the, the Chargers haven't done a whole heck of a lot. And hasn't that always been the criticism of, of Kirk? He's got great stats, but he can't, you know, win ball games. I don't know. I I, I just think everybody, you know, I also had him on my fantasy team and he ticked me off. So maybe that's my problem. But Well, I also had, I mean, if you're looking at just, uh, you know, there's, there's so many different ways of making your list and everything. This appears to be like, would you take him right now? You mm. know, because there's so many guys that I would take, you know, that I might take Kirk right now, but I would. Uh, you know, to play right now. But if I were building a team, I would obviously take someone younger and with more upside and all that. Uh, but this appears to be, you know, just based on right now. Uh, he's got Kirk at number 12. Uh, so his top 14, uh, I, people can find this online. It's at uh, NBC Sports because uh, he does work for Pro yeah. Football Talk. Um, and it's fun. I mean, a lot of people, it's, there's, Talk about clicks. If you want to start ranking quarterbacks, that's uh, who they uh, got ahead of Kirk in that, you know. So ahead, ahead of Kirk are those four I mentioned. Yep. Number five is Lamar Jackson. Number six is Trevor Lawrence. Seven is Jalen Hurts. Eight is your buddy Aaron Rodgers. Nine is Deshaun Watson. Ten is Matthew Stafford. Eleven is Daniel Jones. So Kirk and Kirk is just ahead of, and I feel like. Kirk and Dak, whenever I do any kind of rank, when I go that route of rankings, I think we did it last year before the season, I, I gave him a tie with Dak, you know, because – and that tied him for 10th in the league. So I, I do think Kirk is a top-10 quarterback. Um, but maybe maybe the guy who who's always like round 10 is the, is the one that, you know, half hate, half love and all this yeah. stuff. Uh, but obviously, obviously that's top – you know, I, I, I have some feeling. Come on, man. I have similar feelings about Justin Herbert, and I think I ranked him ahead of Kirk ahead of him, saying, you know, if I had to build a team, I'd take Herbert, but if I had to do it right now, I would take. Uh, but yeah, I, if I were to rank uh, these, I, I don't, I don't get Deshaun Watson at number nine. I, I'm not going to rank Deshaun Watson on what he was three years ago. He didn't do anything last year in his, in his limited amount of time. Right. So I, I just, I discard him. I, you know. I hope that he does well. You know, being from Cleveland, I'd like to see him do well. He's not the easiest guy in the world to root for, but um, I don't. I don't have him as number nine quarterback. I know my my resume is a lot worse than uh, Chris Sims, but uh, I still wouldn't do to Sean Watson. I think number Trevor nine. Lawrence is too high in that list. Please. I, you know, I, I, I that's one that's uh, 
I wrestle with that, uh, whether I, I'd, so I'd put him ahead of Daniel Jones. I'd put him ahead of Deshaun Watson. I would possibly, because I guess I'm figure, figuring in injuries and, 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 but they're about the same age as he and, uh, and Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence, possibly I would move him ahead of, but uh, for sure, two of them, which puts, uh, which puts Kirk at my, at the spot of number 10. So I'm going to keep him at number 10. I'll, uh, I'll let Trevor Lawrence be ahead of him. Just, I, I don't know. I just, although Kirk can make all the throws too, but Trevor Lawrence, that would be the one where maybe I tie. I have not tied with Trevor Lawrence, so they're tied yeah. for nine. Make the playoff um, a few more times. I mean, at least a second time before you. Before well, I mean, you... what 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 Trevor Lawrence did coming back from that whatever whatever they were down at halftime last year in that yeah. playoff game was amazing. But he also threw four interceptions to put him in that spot. Uh, but that's yeah, right. it's, so that to me is uh, that's where I would I would put him, uh, which is you know when you think about it. And again, he's like, you're like, we should be singing his praises, which I guess we should be. But we, there's also, you know, you, expectations for Kirk. And this is a compliment to Kirk. As I, I, I've always, I always get left feeling that Kirk can give us more. And because he, he's, he's able to give us more. Right. And I, and right. I think that, I think that he, uh, I, I think he's going to do it this year, give us a little more because. Maybe it, it might be a good thing for the Vikings this year in the fact that you know, Kirk is on a contract year. Well, Mark says Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback. Extend that man. Extend him right now, Quasi. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Mo- moving on <laughs> from the quarterback. Moving on. We got, we got a conundrum at running back. You know, it, it's still it's still hanging out there. It's still not settled. They signed uh, Alexander Madison to a seven or a $7 million deal. Uh, extension. They got Ty Chandler and Kane Nwangu and that, the rookie Dwayne McBride. But there's still old Dalvin Cook out there. He's still not cut. The June 1st came and went, and he's still on the team. I'm sure you know. There's all kinds of talk. We I heard a, saw a report yesterday that they were really close in the preseason to trading him to the Dolphins, and they couldn't. Not preseason. I'm sorry. Uh, in before the draft or whatever, you get that done. So they obviously have shopped him. I'm sure they're still trying to get something for him. Uh, is he going to be cut? Is he going to take a, a pay cut himself and stick around? What what what's going to happen there, Mark? In your crystal ball and and uh, uh, until until it's settled, that's 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 a that's a big thing hanging out there for Quasi. Oh, I mean, it's it's clearly that they want to they want to try and trade him, and they're holding out for as long as they can. And it's funny that after you know there's you know reports of the Dolphins you know being interested in you know if they, if the Dolphins bring him in, I mean that's that's a would be a pretty good uh, you know haul for the Dolphins because then yep. you'd have Jalen Waddle, you'd have Tyree Kill, you'd have Dalvin Cook. I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of people to that's a lot of explosive players to to keep track of if you're on defense. Uh, you know that didn't happen. So suddenly it's like, well, you know, Dalvin might want to go and play with his brother in Buffalo. You know, and I, I have a feeling like a South a South Florida kid. Uh, with a chance to go to Miami, he's not thinking Buffalo, you know, as a jumping spot. So, right. I I feel like the uh, the Vikings or or maybe somebody they're trying to drum up a little bit of competition between Buffalo and Miami, two AFC East teams. Like, maybe. hey, you know, don't it, it's not just just because I I feel like it's assumed that if he gets cut, you know, he's going to end up in Miami, like 
how long does it take to, to fly to Miami? You know, two hours later, or he's actually probably already there. Right. So that's kind of the assumption is that, you know, they, they're looking for the possibility of adding a guy like him. Um, they probably don't, they're not crazy about accepting his contract. I would that's think. I was going to ask, do they have room for that? <laughs> They'd have to negotiate. I, well, know. I mean, that's, that's what they're probably holding out to like, that he gets cut. But, you know, the, I would say the Vikings are probably floating that, well, you know, you could go to Buffalo and it's like, you get them to someone to give you, it doesn't really matter what, what they give you. They would take the contract. So you get a seventh round draft pick for Dalvin and you get rid of his contract and you go on with what, they, what they intend to do all along was Madison. You know, Madison at some point when he's getting ready to sign had to know, hey, am I the guy or are you are you or yep. Dalvin the guy? And you know, they, granted, that's not to say they couldn't have lied to him or couldn't have misled him a little bit or things couldn't change. But I feel like yeah, that, that Dalvin's going to get released or one of those two teams is going to trade for him. Um, I can't see Buffalo, yeah. Mark. I, I mean, if I would, I'm, I'm the uh, second oldest. Uh, son in a family and I, I would be ticked if my older brother came in because it looked like James Cook is just about to take over at Buffalo I mean he started doing flashes at the end of last season where I think he's going to be their starter next year and all of a sudden your older brother comes in you know now it might be fun the first week to reunite with him and make it easy for their mom to watch games however uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be about that at all if I was Cook in Buffalo well, yeah, I mean, and, and frankly, I don't know how many running backs. That's you know, to me, if he ends up back here, I don't see like a, a huge problem because you you have a good player, but at his at his price, uh, I would think that they're they're going to be it's like you know, in order for him to come back here, I would think he'd have to take some, uh, some pay some pay cuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't see that Dalvin. I don't see him doing that. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he does get cut, and then they save you know they save that nine million dollars, yep. and they need that they need that money, uh, you know, to do the things like Daniel Hunter needs you know, keeping Daniel Hunter uh, happy and in camp and and you know uh, not only happy but keep him in the fold is more important you know as good as Dalvin is yep. and also you know addressing the Justin Jefferson contract is a bigger fish to fry as well. So that's how they accomplish it. That's just the nature of the NFL. It's the nature of, of being a running back in the NFL. And, and also the nature of being a running back playing for a, a, the, the most analytics driven front office in football in sports, probably in the fact that, you know, they, you know, that contract was never going to pass mustard with the, the guys that are, you know, have all their numbers on running backs and their ages and all this stuff. You're exactly right. I mean, it, you know, that, that, that for me cements it when you start bringing up Daniel Hunter and Justin Jefferson, you know, and their contracts. I mean, you got to keep those guys there. Uh, Daniel's got to get some more money and, and JJ is going to break the bank. So uh, he's gone as far as I'm concerned, just a matter of when and if they can get anything for him. And that's a perfect segue into the wide receivers. You know, we got that uh, behemoth at number one, Justin Jefferson. But here, let me let me read off the list of guys that are in while well, they're over at TCO right now for OTAs. I think are they still there? I don't even know. Um, and you got Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Blake Prohl, Cephas Johnson the third, Jordan Addison the rookie, Brandon Powell. Tristan Jackson, Thayer Thomas, K.J. Osborne, Jalen Naylor, 
Malik Knowles and Lucky Jackson, uh, who was just another XFL player who who did sign. He's, he's from uh, Invergrove Heights. He's one of us, Mark. So you got to give him a roster spot. We lost Adam Thielen, so you got to get Lucky Jackson on there, don't you? So Lucky Jackson isn't from. Uh... Invergrove Heights. It's a Garrett Mag, isn't it? I'm sorry, that's what it says. Yes, God, I should be able to read better than I do, but uh, that yeah, they, they said Garrett Mag. He's the guy. Got him. Come on. So uh, lucky, lucky, you're out of luck. You're 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 gone. So buddy, we got to keep uh, got to keep our own because that's what we're all about here in Minnesota. I think luck. I think they're both there. They made room for Lucky and your your Minnesota guy. So so what what you know? That's God. There's a bunch of receivers there you know it's way too early but who do you see making the team and and making any kind of uh uh impact uh, justin jefferson I, you heard it here first justin jefferson who i think will make the team oh my god i'm gonna tweet that uh no not no that's i'm gonna go i got 100 lock lock it in okay although it'd be nice if he showed up uh yeah i guess i wouldn't show up either if i was there uh, Jordan Addison, uh, he's gonna be pretty good, I think. Yep. No, I mean, I mean, I think there's a uh, if they keep five receivers, you know, that uh, the guys that are gonna be fighting for jobs is you know, like does Jalen Naylor make it? Is or Jalen Rager make it? Or do they both make it? Um, and then some of these other guys that they're bringing in, you know, some of it's camp body, some of it is like Lucky Jackson, a guy gets a chance to do something in uh, these minor leagues, you know, the XFL, he shows some things. He's, he's uh, not real tall, but he's kind of a thick, you know, strong receiver. Um, had, you know, a handful of touchdowns in the XFL and played for a decent team. That's also Jordan Tamu was his quarterback. So, you know, the Vikings must've liked that combination when they were scouting and looking at things. Um, but, you know, I think they're obviously their top four are set, you know, with KJ Osborne, the rookie Jefferson, um, or so it'll be their top three, yeah. KJ Osborne, Jefferson, yeah. K yeah. So, so I mean, they're to me, they're not they got they got talent there. Uh, and this is why when they picked, I was not surprised I, I had them picking the receiver because I felt like you know that that's even though you had KJ and KJ is a is a outstanding player who's only going to get better and better and better, but you 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 need you need more than two and three, you know, you really should have, you know, four really solid receivers. Um, so, yeah. They only keep five or I almost think, you know, with some of the talent there, maybe six, or is that, is that too much? You can always pick up somebody really. Well, I think they, you know, in the past they've kept, there's times where they've kept five, there's times where they kept six. Yeah. Uh, could, could be six, you know, Rigger is a guy that uh, he intrigues me. I think he intrigues every, you know, anytime a guy has that kind of talent and it wasn't fulfilled in Philadelphia and you see sort of glimpses, you, you think maybe, you know, there's more there that, that it, he'd be, you know, Jalen Rager as a number one receiver and as a coming out of the draft was a, was a total failure, but Jalen Rager as a number four or five guy, that's, that, that has a, a lot of, that's, that's a pretty good ring to it. Yeah. But it's just a matter year, what another year yeah, with just, uh, Keenan McCardle and that, that should help him too. Right. It's just it's just a matter of you know like can someone beat out him or Jalen Jalen mm. Naylor Jalen Naylor was a guy that showed a couple glimpses of things that he you know of being you know keepable you know so yeah. uh, and then then he's throwing these the uh, the Lucky Jackson Tristan Jackson's a guy who's been here for a couple years now 
Um, Prohl is a guy who's, you know, fast, like, like his dad, I think it was his dad yep. or his uncle or whatever. Um, but he's always had injuries and he was hurt. He missed all of last year. But yeah, I think they obviously, obviously they got the best receiver in football. They got uh, a number one draft pick that I think is going to be pretty darn good. And they got a, an outstanding uh, a, oh, overachiever in KJ Osborne, who has you didn't mention uh, Invergrove Heights native uh, Garrett Mogg, you know, from North Dakota. Come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. You know, you can't ever rule out a North Dakota guy. Uh, That's right. Is that was North Dakota state where the, I think so. I can't remember. The, uh, uh, or the Packers guy went to North Dakota State. Um, you think uh, KJ is still okay with all this signing of receivers and 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 uh, drafting of receivers and uh, uh, you know because all of a sudden he just kind of I got a I'm penciling in Addison at number three. If he's not number three, that's a failure. You know, um, actually no, yeah okay. Uh, God dang, I can't. I'm sorry. I think Jordan Addison is going to be number two, and and KJ remains at number three on the depth chart for these guys. That's that's hard. yeah. I, I don't I don't think it matters, and it probably doesn't matter to KJ. I mean, you don't get to beat KJ Osborne and have something like this ruffle you because you know KJ Osborne even has has he talked about a few weeks ago, even going back to to little league. Uh, you know, he was never like the number one guy, and um, to come into the NFL and spend a year. Having didn't, didn't play one snap on offense, and then he gets a, a few opportunities sprinkled in two years ago, uh, and, and and seizes every opportunity that's that's handed to him. The numbers, like I've said a million times, the numbers on KJ never mattered because he may have two catches for twenty four yards, but it's a key fourth down pickup. It's a key third down pickup. Uh, so he's not going to have Justin Jefferson numbers, but whether he's the number two receiver or number three receiver, he's going to be used an off a ton and, and he's going to produce because, uh, you know, especially two years ago when Thielen and Thielen was taking a little more attention uh, and KJ came in and was just the garbage man on picking up all these. Uh, when people turned their eyes away from him, he made them pay. And, you know, I would imagine that uh, there's going to be more of that this year with Jefferson, obviously. And then a number one draft pick that's going to, cause a lot of people to, you know, how's this guy going to be? And then you know, right. pay attention to him. Here comes KJ. So uh, I don't think that stuff like this, you don't get to be a KJ Osborne without a, a toughness, uh, a determination that, that is old school. And this, he is a, uh, if you had 53 of them with his attitude, you'd have a hell of a team. He's got to be good buddies with Kirk cousins, just for the same reason. They've been through some of that disrespect um uh there's another receiver that's going to catch some passes for the vikings this year is tight end tj hawkinson they got tj who's 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 another guy they're gonna have to get some money to they got behind him josh oliver who's the blocking tight end johnny munt and nick muse and uh ben ellison retired abruptly after i think three seasons in the league this week so that was kind of news and then if you can lump in the fullbacks there you got cj ham and uh zach Ojile. So uh, what do you think of that position, those position groups and, and uh, uh, how it's all going to shake out for them at tight end and fullback? Well, you know, I mean, I like the tight I mean, Hawkinson, like we said a million times, you know, came in and in four days proved to be more valuable than Irv Smith did in three years. So 
Uh, he's a guy that is has a knack for, and Kirk has a knack for, for looking for it. He has a knack of finding the cracks where the defense is, they can't cover every inch of the field. So he has a, uh, an ability, even though he's a tall, big target, has an ability like like all these real good tight ends do is finding that spot. And then and then he's he very productive. Oliver, you know, day one free agent signing, being a blocking tight end, basically. Uh, you know, it's another reason why you don't have Dalvin Cook isn't part of their equation going forward because here you have this blocking tight end and you have this uh, uh, Alexander Madison's much better much more successful at winning uh, on winning runs when it's third and short, fourth and short than, than uh, Dalvin did. So I liked, I like their tight end position. Uh, Johnny Munt is a uh, experienced guy. I wouldn't be doing some of the things they did last year, like throwing to him in the red zone. There was a couple of games where you're like, you know, that's, I wouldn't be doing that. Trickery. But, but he, uh, he's, a, you know, he's a good third tight end. Yeah, they should be set at that position and cj ham i'm sure gets you know comes back i mean he signed a contract this offseason didn't he and uh or did he sign he's it under, last year maybe it was last he's year. under contract that's what yeah and uh zach ogile just to back him up so they, they're still you know it fullback is still part of their offense okay uh kevin o'connell's offense they they've uh made it a priority to 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 keep using that at, and Probably can't hurt for blocking purposes, if nothing else. I mean, wasn't uh, uh, CJ Ham's touchdown late in the year this past season his first in like how many games? I mean, he hadn't uh, got one for a long time. Yeah, I know. I think obviously when he, when O'Connell came in, he was saying his praises <laughs> over and over and over again. So I guess to try and prove that he wasn't going to get away from the, the fullback, but I don't believe that he was that CJ was used as much, uh, but it is nice having that, you know, that, that flexibility. And, right. and that's what I like is that the head coach, you know, being the, being the play caller, being kind of the designer of the offense uh, when he's kept, you know, there's a, you know, there's going to be a reason for it. And there's, so, yeah, I, I think that they have the ability to, to line up in uh, more uh, versatile formations now than they made it with Oliver in there than they have in the, in the past or last year. Well, since I'm the play caller here, I'm calling a timeout, and we're going to take another break. And we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the offensive line. No, you won't miss that. But we'll, we'll give you our breakout player on offense and the most underrated and uh, overrated. So come on back for that and see what we got on the Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. I know Mark is a former offensive lineman, so he's got, he's got a soft spot in his – heart for those guys mark you know i i don't you know it's weird to say this for, as you know a follower of the minnesota vikings but their their offensive lines kind of set going in i mean it's it, you know right now on paper their offensive line is the same as it was when the season ended last year except for injuries you got christian darisaw left tackle ezra cleveland left guard garrett bradbury center ed ingram at right guard and Brian O'Neill at right tackle. Brian O'Neill's coming off that Achilles injury. Uh, Ed Ingram was a rookie last year and struggled, but started to play a little better at the end. Garrett Bradbury had a better season than previous last year. Ezra was Ezra and, and Darisaw was dominant. You know, I they've got a, a bunch of other names that and backups, but at, you know they didn't really bolster the uh, the line this year, so. Uh, is this is this uh do we have to finally be happy with what the Vikings have at on the offensive line? 
Well, happier than we've been in a while. I, you know, I, each one of them has their own uh, like set of question marks, but it's so much better than, um, you know, the irony is that uh, Rick Spillman tried forever to get the offensive lineman set. And as he's getting fired is when his, you know, his two, his two tackles, uh, he drafted the two tackles uh, and they drafted three of the five or four of the five guys, uh, two of them in the first round and uh, or three of them in the first round or no, two in the first round, two in the second round, I believe Ezra Cleveland and wow. O'Neal second round. Um, but you know, in saying that Darisaw, the only, the only thing that I, I worry about with Darisaw is he, you know, the, the, and this is not just him, but this is kind of the, the NFL, um, the days of a, of a guy, you know, lining up and playing every game and not missing a snap was probably over because, uh, in some cases they're all protective of them. In some cases they're, they just aren't, maybe you're not, not built anymore i mean you're, you're stronger and faster and bigger than ever but yeah are they built to last for you know it was like they used to be hey you're you're the left tackle for 15 years you know darisaw has that ability you know that that pedigree but you know we've seen like concussions and different things where can he stay healthy every game so that's something that we can't predict so but as far as his talent and his ability to handle that spot i mean i you gotta be really happy with the left tackle you know, Ezra Cleveland was a guy that we talked a little bit more about last year, and that's not a good thing with an offensive lineman. I feel like he didn't he didn't have as good a year last year as he's had before, but it wasn't to the point where you're like, wow, they, he's terrible. But I'd like to see him take another step forward because you know, he's getting to that point where I, he's getting close to the end of his rookie contract. And um, is he going to, you know, because originally he was drafted to come in and be the left tackle eventually. Well, that's not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, but you know, can he take another step and go back forward? Garrett Bradbury, same thing. You know, he got another contract. It wasn't probably what he had hoped, but hey, he's, you know, they they gave him something to get to come back and kind of. Uh, so can he prove it? Can he prove it over two years? Uh, I don't know how good he's going to be in, in the end, but uh, he was better last year than he was in previous years. Ed Ingram, the good thing about Ed is that he played every single snap of the offense last year. So I think he's going to get better. The fact that he was able to stay in there and play, you know, he struggled, obviously. Obviously he struggled. But he also was in there for every snap on a team that won 13 games. So I think yeah. there's something to be said about that. And Brian O'Neill is just, you know, coming back from the injury. I don't think – you know, I actually don't think, you know, Brian had as good a year last year as he's had before, but certainly still one of the best right tackles in football. But uh, coming off the injury, I think I think he'll be fine. So yeah, I would be happy with that offensive line, considering the number of years that what where we've talked about the line having so many holes and right. Uh, so that's a it's a decent offensive line to go into the season. Yeah, hopefully some of the. I mean, they did draft one lineman, right? Was it Bedarian Low or? Uh, no, that was he was last year. They he was last. They, year. They, they they drafted no offensive lineman this year. They only. Uh, my Jackie Chen guy. They yeah. had three three guys that were undrafted. One was from Pace University, which I wrote about uh, in the paper. But yeah, uh, there. This is the offensive line that they hope to go. The only thing would be, you know, is Chris Reed or, or um, Chris Reed and and Schlotman are your are your guys that uh, the interior that you know. I, I don't see any of them starting. But say Ed Ingram, if Ed Ingram does 
fall off the edge or he doesn't keep making forward progress and, you know, a guy like Chris Reed could step in. Well, so, well, that's the thing you, you mentioned earlier, the less said about the offensive line, the better, but uh, unfortunately that's, they're the engine that makes it go. I mean, without them, uh, everything breaks down, especially for this quarterback and, and then for all these receivers and, and uh, you know, do you, uh, I guess I'll ask one more question. Do you, do you foresee a more, uh, grind out running style to, you know, augment their, their passing game this year with now that, you know, maybe Dalvin's going to be gone and you got more of a grinder in, uh, in uh, Alexander Madison and you got Blake, uh, McBride who was drafted and he's the guy that breaks tackles. He's not the huge speed merchant, but he he's kind of more of a bruising back. Do you see the style changing a little bit there with that personnel? Well, I see the style. I mean, uh, O'Connell's not going to become a running coach not but but O'Connell clearly uh I don't have the numbers in front of me but obviously they crunched the numbers and they and the not only the numbers but the feeling that that I think everyone got when it was third and short fourth and short and uh the number of times that they came up short when they should have just been able to get another one more yard right to stay on the field so when you have all these you know when you have Justin Jefferson and you have all these uh you know Hawkinson and, and Kirk uh when he's when he's well protected and Osborne. It doesn't mean anything if you, like, you get the third. If you have a nine yard pass and then you have two runs for, you know, for minus two yards, <laughs> you know. So they they understand the, the importance of uh, you know, you're not going to be like a, uh, maybe like a Zimmer where you, you're going to rely. You're going to be a run more of a run oriented team, uh, but you're you know when it's third and one, they're going to be yeah they're going to be a more of a grinding. You know, Oliver and Madison, and uh, that's going to make them a different type of team on third and yeah. one, which is going to make them a better explosive offense because then you're you have that a bit you know not only do you have the ability to to grind it out and get a yard, but you also have the ability to show that and surprise them with something you know deep down the field. So and, and CJ Ham too. It's uh, yeah. the flash and dash is going to be gone out of this offense from the running back position, I think, for a while and. Uh, it will take on – it will have a little bit different look and, and mentality, so it will be really interesting to see what they do. But uh, <clears throat> I'm a wide receiver guy in the passing game, so I'm excited anyway. A um, couple more points to talk about with the uh, with the offense and just some quick questions from Mark, our Star Tribune guy, NFL insider. Mark, what <clears> – who do you see is going to be the uh, breakout guy on the offense this year? Uh taking the whole roster and who's, who's going to have that season that said, Oh God. Yeah. He was great. We knew it all along because now all of a sudden he comes out of the ashes and he's, he's excellent. I, I have a name for you, but mine's, mine's pretty lame. Do you want to hear it first before you give me yours? Go ahead. Uh, Jordan Addison. How about that? <laughs> Rookie wide receiver. I know you're predicting that a number one draft pick's going to be good. <laughs> way, to, way to go, Joe. Chalk, baby. I'm taking the chalk. So that that was that, really good pick, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're for your uh, your critics, you could say, you know, hey, uh, Troy Williamson wasn't good. Uh, That's right. Treadwell wasn't good. So yeah, you're Treadwell um, just got signed by the Ravens. Uh, he's 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 still hanging on. He is. I am going to say Alexander Madison. I'm gonna I'm gonna think. I think that he. I don't know that he'll have. You know, he's not going to have. 1500 yard rushing, but I think he's going to score. I think he's going to score 
Oh, excuse me. I think I'm choking to death. Um, he's going to score double digits touchdowns, and uh, he's going to give them a a much. Um, he's not going to have 80 yard touchdowns, I don't believe, but he's going to have a more like third and one where you see a lot of power, mm-hmm. um, whether it's on the goal line or in short yardage, middle of the field situations. Uh, I think he's going to he's going to be that guy. Interesting, because I almost put him as my most overrated. Almost. There you go. <laughs> one of one of us will be right. It'll be yes. great or overrated. They uh, sign him to his big contract, let a star and a great guy and a locker room guy go potentially, and uh, so I they they may see more in him than 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 there's there. We'll see. Anyway, that's not who my guy is. Um, I guess you know. I, let's go underrated first because my overrated you might be amazed at as well. My underrated is. Josh Oliver, just all because we don't know that much about it. I don't think anybody's paid attention to him until he was the Vikings traded for him. They they saw him, so I think he's going to come in and be a huge factor for this team. Uh, you know, I think he's uh, going to add a dimension that we haven't had. You've got T.J. Hawkinson as you're catching a wide res- or catching tight end, and you got this great blocking tight end that uh, you know one of the better in the league. So uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to pin it on him once again. It's not a a deep dive kind of thing, but I think uh, I think he's your most underrated guy on the offense. He's going to be all right. I, I probably would have said him, but I won't. So let's not make it boring. Um, okay. And these are so much like with newspapers, it might be a little easier to like because I'll, I'll get someone. Well, I'll either I'll look it up myself or a year later, or someone will send it to you. It's a, it is really painful to see what your picks were <laughs> after the season's been played out, and you're like, yep. ooh, that, that one hurts. Um, but this might be harder for the to find this uh to wade through all of our crap to find our pig predictions, Joe. There you go. So uh I'm gonna it's a long way of saying I'm gonna go with uh with one of these backup running backs. And I think it's gonna Ooh. be uh because obviously someone's gotta, you know, Madison steps up as number one. Yeah, there's gonna be you know Kane or someone like that. Uh and, and I, I won't say Kane because I think he's made his presence known as um as a runner or as a returner, yeah. I'm going to throw it out and say Ty Chandler will be the underrated guy. I mean, if we're currently, if we're saying underrated right now, I still go with KJ Osborne. Yeah. I, I still, because now he would be, uh, he would warrant that uh, because now you have Justin Jefferson, the best in the league, and you have a number one draft pick everyone's talking about. So, in a way, I'll give one A, one B for different reasons. KJ Osborne is because he's He's still going to be a, a tremendous impact on the offense. The other would be Ty Chandler's because I think someone will have to fill it at Madison role where they get a handful of opportunities and they do something special with it. Um, you and I were both excited about him last year and never really got to see him because he got injured so dang early and, and uh, it, it'll be fun to see him. So yeah, you really couldn't put a rating on him. I'll give that to you. Well, for the next one, for your most overrated player, you know, since you put uh, uh, Kirk Cousins in the top ten of quarterback rank, it's got to be him. But that's not who I'm going with. You know, I'm Ooh, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a headline, Joe. That yeah, exactly. Kicked off a site like this. <laughs> I uh, I'm going. This is even worse. I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Everybody says, "Wow, best." Well, it's receiver. nice knowing. Yeah, nice, nice knowing you, Joe. Everybody says he's the best receiver in the league. Everybody says he's going to break the bank and get the most money. Um. Win a playoff game. Lead us, lead us to a playoff game. And uh, you know, now he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. 
but I think he's he's. I think a lot of people are going to get you wrong. I think the the hype outpaces the accomplishments. I mean, he's great. I love him. Uh, uh, I'd kill to have him on my fantasy team this year, Um, but my son always takes him, so I never get him. Um, But I think uh, I think it's you know. Give me a little more. Give 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 me a playoff win, and Justin, you're you're going to be probably wow. the greatest in, receiver in the league. So, wow. <laughs> well, you got to be controversial. You got to put it out there, Mark. Yeah, Quick, uh, you put it out. Yeah, you put it out there, Joe. I think that's the head. That's the headline there, Joe. That's just wow. what's that's a wrap. Uh, uh, you're, not, you're not even giving over, me one after that. Not nah, overrated. 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 Yeah. Um, I've, I've uh, thrown you for a loop. You don't even have anything repaired. Who's who's most overrated? I mean, it's got to be. He's got the biggest. Yeah, hype you, by, you by, by, by sheer you, analytics, he's got the most hype. So he's got to be the most overrated. He's human after all. Ah, you just took down the biggest tree in the forest. <laughs> Anything I do is going to look uh, wow. Yeah. So I would say the. Uh, How about he's not, he's overrated the most? He's not so grossly overrated. Oh, you're walking it back. I, I you're mean, walking it's, it's it back. how you look at it because, you know, I, I don't think that he's grossly overrated that he's, you know, oh, everybody says he's so much better than he is. But I think he's slightly overrated and he's slightly overrated by so many. How about that? So that makes him the yeah. most overrated. All right. Maybe I'll go Hawkinson just because. Ooh, that's this another is, good one. In saying this. You know, I, I, I've sung his praises a million times, but uh, I don't put him, I guess I don't put him up there in the Kittle, uh, you know, in that elite of the elite. I don't know if maybe people, other people don't either, but uh, maybe that would be my pick. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I can see it. I, I He did come out like gangbusters last year and got us all agog about him. And we're all saying, give up the money, which we're saying about to Justin Jefferson. But, you know, maybe it's got to slow back here and see how he does in year two and if he can keep it going. So, yeah, that's that's not I, a bad pick either. I was going to say Ezra Cleveland, but that would have seemed so, like, <laughs> that would have been like a, like a me trying to bunt after you just hit a home run and like a grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. That's not a bad pick either because he gets a lot of praise. And I did not see the same player last year in Ezra. Yeah. I don't know what – I have no idea what – in fact, I'm going to look that up when I get off here. I don't know what pro football focus ranked him compared to, you know, his previous years. I have no idea, but I just did not. My eyes, uh, this is how, how old school we are, Joe. We're, we, we, we watch the games and then judge kind of by what we see. Uh, I didn't see the same player that it, that I saw maybe the year before. Well, maybe, maybe at the end of the season, when we come to this dead zone between, uh, you know, the draft and, and training camp that uh, we can go roll back all our predictions and just go back and see how we did collect them all and have, have our producer, Mike Walden do something like that. Just go, go see what all those predictions are and see where they're at. We could do we'll that. Rem- yeah. We'll remember yours. <laughs> you will. Although, although you can't go, you can, I guess if you're, if you, if you were like unanimous, all pro, uh, like if 49 P out of 50 vote for him, then you could say, yeah, you were right. He's he's he was overrated compared to last year. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Well, who knows what will happen? But anyway, that's it for this week. Thanks everybody for checking us out, tuning in, and checking us out. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, Mark, thanks as always. Mike, uh, the producer, thank you. And 
We'll be back next week with uh, another episode of Vikings Territory Breakdown. Until then, thanks, Joe Johnson, and skull to you, brother. Skull.